Alumni Audio Lab. I am Doris Obrecht and you are listening to Alumni Audio Lab, a bi-monthly podcast from the OEAD. This is the Austrian Agency for International Mobility and Cooperation in Education, Science and Research. In this podcast, I talk with alumni of OEAD who have all studied or conducted research in Austria. We talk about their life, their research, their background, and sometimes also about current events and developments. This is episode 27, and I have the honor of talking with Anis Mutiari today. Anis Mutiari is a chemical engineer from Indonesia. She is currently working on her PhD at the Technical University of Vienna at the Austrian Institute of Technology. Her focus lies on environmental issues, which I assume are all more or less relevant to present conditions in Indonesia. Her PhD is about photovoltaic, which we talk about later. Anis, I'm very happy that you're here today. Welcome to the Alumni Audio Lab. Thank you. I'm very honored to be here, Doris. Thank you. <laughs> Anis, you started your bachelor's in chemical engineering in August 2002 when you were just 18 years old. Was becoming a chemical engineer a dream of yours? Actually, it's not a dream of me, but it actually it was uh, my father's dream. But because my father has like a blind color of his eyes, so he cannot conduct the science for his bachelor. So I like have oh I have to enter this chemical engineer, and I feel like uh, what a life to be a chemical engineer. Thank you. So maybe the next question is not for you, but for your father. But you stayed in chemical engineering. Mm -hmm. yeah. What is so fascinating about it for you? Chemical engineering, like we can design a plan, a chemical plan, so we know what the raw material and then what the process and what the output, so we can design it from the very beginning until the uh, end product. It's very interesting. Maybe I have also like false talk about it because I thought that if I enter the chemical engineering, I will like study more about the chemistry but no it's actually mathematics and physics so I'm absolutely like surprised <laughs> I do a lot of the mathematical engineering it's really hard for me like I have to a lot of differential equations that I have to solve and it's really but it's really nice I can uh, finally graduate from it <laughs> immediately after you earned your bachelor's degree You started working for the Ministry of Industry yes, in a research yeah. unit. Yeah. Um, you were still quite young. Is it common in Indonesia to recruit rather young scientists for civil service? Yeah, actually, it is re uh, really common in Indonesia. So when you are graduate from your bachelor and they open the uh, for the government employee in a lot of department and and also in some research institute. So uh, when we are conduct our master or our PhD, we are already an employer in Indonesia so like they guarantee us to back to Indonesia and also we have like to take some topic that is related to the issue in the current issue or the future issue in Indonesia so it's right after the bachelor's or are they also already recruiting from the from the people who are studying still in the bachelor's degree oh, actually I have to graduate first because they need our certificate to like first enrollment in ah. yeah in the position mm -hmm. so It's like three months or four months after my graduation and then they open the requirement and then I enter the Ministry of Industry. So maybe the next question is obsolete, but I know quite a number of alumni who are working in the in the civil service in ministries as researchers in their home countries. Is research on national issue, issues mostly happening in the ministries, in the research units? Yeah, actually at uh, in Indonesia, 
every ministry have their technical uh, research. So uh, they only focus in the issue of the ministry itself, but uh, they also have to collaborate with the other research institute. In the research, uh, we know like the technical readiness, readiness level. So it's like between zero until 10. Zero is like the basic research and 10 is like the applied applied one. Maybe in the in, uh, research institute in Indonesia, we have like the and also in the university, we're working in like a zero to three or four level. Mm-hmm. But in our uh, research, in our ministry, it's like the bridge between the university or the research institute to the industry. So it's like more about applied research. But you waited four years until you started your master. Why such yeah. a long break? That's the case because like they record us in the very uh, young age. Mm-hmm. So there is a lot of people there who also want to study to continue their study so like we have to wait like something like that so the the chance to continue the study in indonesia is not depend yourself but it also depends the the policy in your institution it's really a rare rare chance to study to continue the study in the higher education mm-hmm. so it wasn't it wasn't your decision to wait for four years it was just it wasn't mine stru- structural yeah. structural issues yeah I know. Mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. actually like in the first two years i already asked my boss to can i continue my study because i need like to improve my knowledge and something like that to, because research is like very dynamic i have to gain more knowledge but oh no you have to wait okay then i said okay. yes mm-hmm. Your master thesis was about biogas purification. Was that topic part of your work in the ministry? No. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. In that time, like the biomass genera- energy generation from the biomass is one of the main topic in Indonesia because in Indonesia we have like a lot of biomass source to generate to the to the energy, but they still have some problem in the purification. So, as a chemical engineering, then they asked me like to design uh, some instrument to purify the methane from the biogas that produced by the co and then uh, I need like to absorb the carbon dioxide so it's worked well in the next instrument that install after the methane production. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are, you, are you satisfied with the, the results you got in your master thesis? Yeah, I'm quite satisfied because I'm working most with the, with the people in the village. Every village in, in that area, like every family have three or four calls to support their family and they collected uh, the waste from the coast, uh, from the coast and then I built the purification there and it can maintain their generator electricity generator uh, longer because uh, it avoid the corrosion because I already absorbed the carbon dioxide and when I visited like three years ago it still works well so that's really perfect yeah you said it's not so easy to get in higher education after the master's level but you made it you made it to a PhD was uh, Austria your decision or your choice or was it um, how, how did it come that you applied here in Austria yeah it's also a long story so <laughs> yeah so we have that, time. yeah so that's why I also changed for my Uh, focus research in biogas to the photovoltaic also it's still in one scope in the renewable energy so our government like uh, after uh, we are working with this biogas energy generation so there was an issue in Indonesia that we also have to like apply a lot of renewable energy and as a tropical country we have a lot of sort of solar of sun mm-hmm. of course but we are still like uh, of installing it in indonesia like the uh, use of the renewable energy is like below five percent 
we still depends on the fossil energy and also uh, for the photovoltaic we still have some problem at that time so uh, for the photovoltaic uh, we have like two type of the photovoltaic in the mar- in the market right now mm-hmm. it's the first generation of the silicon solar cell and the second generation is the thin film solar cell but we can see that a lot of PV installed installment right now is the uh, silicon solar cell but Indonesia we have a lot of source for the silicon like we have the silica sand but the cost to refine it to be the raw material for the silicon photovoltaic production is really really expensive because it it is need a high energy like we need 1200 degrees C to uh, produce the very fine silicon material and then we are changed to the the next generation the thin film photovoltaic and for the phd uh, you know that we cannot conduct it everywhere we have to find like the suitable professor who can guide us to the topic that we interest in it and also they have like the expert on the topic that we want to build it so at that time i have heard about the austrian institute of technology first and then i contact one of the scientists there and Yes, in AIT, they have focused the photovoltaic development in the area of the thin film uh, development. And then after I have like the agreement with the AIT, they only offer me a project for the research, but I have like to uh, find my own scholarship to live here and for the accommodation, etc. And for the tuition fee for the university. And then I heard about the OAID scholarship. And yes, then I enrolled the OAID. And then I got the chance to contact one of professor in the TU. And the professor really, really support me. He not only support me in the academic side, but also in the, in the other side. So I'm very happy that finally I'm here. Is it took like one and a half year to make it. You have been here in Austria for two years now? Yes. And with an Ernst Mach, a sehr Uninet scholarship. What was your first impression when you came to Austria? And has it changed in the last two years? Okay, my first impression, it was a very, very nice city. Every place is very interesting for me. I took a picture, a lot of place, every, every corner, because I'm very... Yeah, I heard that Austria like the most livable city in the world like for a lot of times and then when I actually hear like I was so excited and then when what the different the different here I I more understand that in Austria you can find a lot of culture, social culture here so every every season you have like festival. So I can find a lot of festival which is like enrich my culture knowledge here and to know how the le- local people uh, live here is really interesting. Vienna was also chosen as the third most unfriendly city really? this year. Have you recognized something like that? <laughs> Actually, uh, mostly I'm working in the weekdays and, and the, in the weekend I, I also like meet not a not a very heterogeneous people so i'm working in in my institute and also in my university i i didn't find unfriendly unfriendly <laughs> yeah especially as uh, yeah especially for me like a lot of people in indonesia uh, will say to me uh, like you are a woman and a muslim and you're wearing a, and you are wearing a hijab and then you go to the european city but fortunately every people that i met is very support me my colleagues in AIT, my colleagues in Teuwin, my supervisor, yeah, they are really, really, really uh, support me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, even my neighbor in my apartment. 
We already talked about it. Your PhD studies are about photovoltaic, mm. or more specifically, you talked about this film. Yes. You're trying to find the right mixture of carrier liquid, which is a kind of ink and materials, namely castorites. Genau. The first time I heard about yeah. it. It's very interesting. These are for the application on photovoltaic devices to get the most out of it using less resources, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Okay, can you tell a little bit more about this? Why did you choose this castorite and yeah. this technology? Actually, the first in film technology, it was cadmium telluride and then the, also the cadmium indium gallium sulfate that we are, um, we call it the CIGS solar cell. Uh, the CIGS and uh, cadmium telluride or CDTE, like uh, it's not in the market, but the CDTE is limited because it contains cadmium, that it was toxic, and also now the the mostly installed solar cell is CIGS for the thin film type, but CIGS it's content cadmium, cadmium is toxic, and then indium, indium is like it's really expensive material, it's also rare earth material. Uh, gallium also and selenium it's also toxic so we want to change this for material with the very earth abundant and also it's not toxic so we are using castorate which is actually it's copper zinc tin and sulfur so copper zinc tin and sulfur it's really abundant in earth and also with a lower price and uh, we can make it with the very easy technology with this mixture because uh, we don't need to have like the very dangerous ways in the production uh, line. So my uh, focus in the in the thesis about the castorite is how to make a photovoltaic device from the raw material. So I was conducted the research from the very beginning from, from raw material until the device measurement. So I was working in this line. Uh, so I have to tell you that uh, we call it thin film solar cell because it's really, really thin. It it only like 1.2 micron mm -hmm. compared to the silicon photovoltaic. It was like 200 micron. So it's really, really thin. And then we have to deposit it this by layer by layer to get our photovoltaic working. Because where, where do you put it on? Yeah, actually for thin film this is very flexible. That's why this is also uh, what one advantage uh, compared to the silicon photovoltaic. In the silicon, we have only like a hard photovoltaic, but in the thin film, actually, we can put it either in a glass, either in the aluminum foil, either whatever surface that it can match with our up, uh, with our layer. And in my case, I put it on the glass, on the glass, and after the glass, I have to put the metal layer of molybdenum as a back contact layer and then I'm working with the castorite. Castorite is the absorber layer when we can catch the light from the sun and then we can absorb it and then we can produce the electricity from the solar cell. And after I have a substrate and then the back contact layer and then our absorber layer which is castorite, I have to put the other layer, buffer layer, window layer, and then the front contact layer, and then we can connect it, the front contact and the back, la back contact layer to produce the electricity. And so far, I'm really happy that we can publish some paper about it. And I'm also working with my second paper, which is can uh, show us the 8% efficiency. It's nowadays the highest efficiency for the cash rate solar cell 
it is above 12 but it used still a different method the highest efficiency photovoltaic from the thin film from castorate they are using the hydrogen in their process hydrogen is like also flammable and toxic material bit but in our process we we only use like the environmental friendly material which is like more safe and in our opinion it's much better than the previous one mm -hmm. I found an interesting paper on castorite. A research is being conducted also by big consortia like StarCell, which is an European academic industry consortium. They studied in 2007 with a huge fund of $7.6 million. Also others in Europe are conducting research on castorite. However, some of them are somewhat pessimistic about it, as it has this rather low photovoltaic efficiency. You said now it's the maximum is 12%. Silicon wafers, wafers have about 20 to 25 percent. Why do you think this could be the right technology for a developing country like Indonesia? Yeah, actually, it's because like the first reason I tell you, because uh, silicon actually, they are forcing that at one time silicon will have a depletion of the source of the silicon. Uh, we know right now that the very good silicon is not the silicon from the sand, but it's already uh, the sort is uh, rarely in the world, the silicon. So actually, uh, the position of the cash rate is an alternative source from the from the very abundant. If the world want to reduce their emission from the fossil fuel generation, so they have to move to the photovoltaic or the other renewable energy. But if every people in the world using the renewable energy, the silicon will not fulfill the, the needs of the photovoltaic. So we still need the other source of the photovoltaic, not only silicon. Yeah, you're also right about the efficiency. We're still working under like 15 compared to the other thin film technology. The CIGS still have like over 20% of its efficiency, but we still have the advantage like we are not using the cadmium or the other toxic material which is harmful and also for this castorate we can produce it from the powder based material which it can scale up to be the industrial uh, scale so you're producing the castorate you're not extracting a castorate as a natural resource itself but you're producing it made out of uh, zinc, zinc copper tin and yes carbon. yes mm -hmm. yeah the energy revolution is at least in in europe in a major focus not all of the countries are taking it really seriously yeah. but what is indonesia's position on that because you said you're using only five percent renewal um, energy right now is there the, the the will to change that on the governmental level yeah of course our president regulation to have the uh, mixed energy between the renewable is like it have um, more than 15 percent if i'm not mistaken it have to be achieved in 2025 which is a really near from now so i'm not <laughs> so I'm, so I, i don't know how, how they have to evaluate it because like uh, this is also the issue in indonesia but Mm, you know that the energy sometimes is not only about the energy itself, it's also like the political policy or if the political policy is not strong to, to encourage the development of the renewable energy and for its application, I think it's very hard to achieve the mixed energy, but at least our government here have already have already have the regulation on it. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Is photovoltaic the main technology where Indonesia is heading to? Uh, no, actually, we have a lot of renewable energy, like I told you about the biomass and also the wind energy. Mm-hmm. So some area is perfect for wind energy, some area is perfect for solar cell because solar cell is not about the heat of the sun, but it's only in the light. So it's irradiance, not not if we install it in the very hot place, it will give up the highest efficiency. It's not like that. So there are places that it's best not installed by PV. I looked at researchgate.net uh, website with research papers. There are about 1,900 papers on cast, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how much is literature studying part of your work? And or was it only in the beginning? Or, or are these most of these papers relevant for you? Actually, the paper... Uh, for Castorid, we have a really, really, really a lot of paper to to study because, like I told you, the process itself is layer by layer. So, uh, for an instance, for the substrate itself, we have like to choose uh, which substrate, which is also need some literature study because uh, we have to clean up our substrate and to maintain our substrate. It's different between. Aluminum file, of course, with the glass, of course, it's really different. And then the main part to produce castorate, it also have a lot of things to to be choose. Like I'm using the non-vacuum and also I can like conduct in atmospheric condition. So there are also people who develop and generate castorate from the vacuum process and also from the solution process and also from the powder process and in the vacuum process they also have a lot of choice like it's physical vapor deposition also chemical vapor deposition and from the solution process we can also choose a lot of process of deposition like we can use the spin coating process the (laughs) deep coating process or the knife blade process it's really really have a lot of things to consider that's why we can find a lot of the paper and also they are trying to increase the efficiency of our solar set of our castor solar set that's why it's not only from the material study but also from the electrical property study so how we can reduce the resistance how we can improve our voltage how we can improve our efficiency at the end by the chemical process or by the electrical process something like that mm-hmm. so yeah so a lot of combinations to, a lot of to combination. think about mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. whether the resources you're working with come from or whether the resources will come in indonesia are there big natural resources on all these um, minerals uh, actually no uh, in my first year actually i'm still working with the project from the era SolarNet. it's like the european uh, funding from for the solar energy development and we are working with uh, one material process plan here in Austria so they are produced for us the castorate powder so they are uh, yeah they're making us the mix between the copper zinc tin and sulfur with the ratio that we already calculated before and we we agree uh, with properties or with the characterization from this powder material mm-hmm. but then the second my second year i also focus in the other method that i told you it's a solution based method 
Your newest paper is about the interplay of alkalications and the natural organic binder, I mean sodium and potassium and gum. This serves to improve the consistency of the ink I've read. And how did you get the idea to try these alkalications and these, this natural binder? Is it trial and error in yeah, your field? Yeah, of course. Actually, uh, from the beginning, we are Uh, we have decided like we will use all the petrol is very environmental friendly actually if we can use water as our <laughs> solvent of course we want to use water but actually but unfortunately the solution that we want to achieve is cannot mix well with water so that that's why we uh, then have the study literature on it and we decided to use the organic binder and for the alkali actually the treatment for the castorate is Mostly based on the treatment for the CIGS, so like we imitate the, what the thing that can improve the CIGS efficiency, and then we try it on on our castrate. So we have here our alkali. Here alkali, we can choose a lot of alkali. Of course, it has a lot of impact. And in my case, I only try the natrium and kalium here, but it already give like the very very obvious difference in the microstructure, which is good for the castorate for the absorbable layer because if we have like the very good microstructure then the electron which transfers generate the electricity will goes well to the other layer in the upper of the absorber have you found the perfect mix right already uh, the perfect mix <laughs> i hope so <laughs> <laughs> we're still um, working of course <laughs> <laughs> you started about two years ago with your phd the proposed plan being three years yeah i know from many other phd candidates that in most cases it takes longer than expected are you still on your time check yeah i i hope i hope i still in my time schedule because starting this semester my supervisor asked me like every week i have to make a progress report from my thesis <laughs> and also i have uh, finished Uh, my second paper so I, I have an agreement that I have to write like three papers in the beginning so I have finished my second paper and now I'm preparing the third the third paper and from my first and second paper I can take a lot of information to to put on my dissertation and also I haven't decided which kind of dissertation because at the win we can like choose which kind of dissertation it's the it's like uh, we write the monograph or we can write the cumulative cumulative is if we publish the paper and then we can put the paper but of course we still have like at the other chapter like the introduction etc but it's much easier but i will uh, submit my thesis agreement uh, next year in the early next year and my supervisor also give me the target to send him the the very, very draft of my first manuscript on June. So you you chose the accumulated or the... the we the haven't decided, so... Oh, we I, haven't yeah, decided yet. So after I will deliver my uh, idea for the third for the third paper, and if my supervisor agree for the idea of the paper, maybe I will take the cumulative. If not, I will write a monograph because in my department, in the Institute of Technical Chemistry, uh, my supervisor said it's not common, but It really depends on the department because my friend from the chemistry department in Univin, mm. she chose to write the cumulative and yeah, it depends. No yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So yes. I hope three years is yeah. enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you good luck for that. Thank you. <laughs> you said it in the beginning, you have a five-step plan 
It's the characterization of the nanopowders, genau. the, the ink, yeah. the process of applying, mm -hmm. the fabrication of the device and the characterization of the device. Yeah. Where are you right now? Yeah, actually, I have finished it from my first year. It's like a parallel process. I have like two. It's not uh, we can just... Now I'm processed in the applying node, but I have like to know my whole cell is work perfectly. So I just work with that line of process every time right now. For in for an instant, in one month, I have to prepare my ink and then I have to, to deposit it. And the next month I have like to characterize it and to analyze it. Mm -hmm. So so it's not step by step, no. but it's all steps. So yeah. at least the first three to four steps yeah. on and on. How predictable would you say is research in the field of chemical engineering? Actually, this is not the field of the chemical engineering because now I'm mostly working in the field of material engineering. Oh. Yeah, because if you're talking about the chemical engineering, it will be like some process optimization with a lot of uh, mathematical, something like that. Oh. But in my case, uh, I'm working a lot with the characterization of the material so from the beginning i have to characterize my absorber with the instrument like the xrd or the sem or a lot of instrument that can give me a lot of information about how stabilized or how good our absorber is and also the other layer i have to conduct the measurement about the mostly of the material Was that part of your bachelor and master's degree as well, this material processing and material engineering? In chemical engineering, <coughs> we have only like a small portion of it. Uh, for an instance, in my bachelor, I study about, the, about this, like only uh, for ECTS, if I can compare with the study system here. Okay, that's not, really it's not a lot for doing a PhD on it. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> but mostly for me and also a lot of my colleagues, my PhD student, we are study a new thing, of course, because we also study the the small field, but it's really, really deep. So mm -hmm. all is new. <laughs> What will happen with the findings of your research? Is your part as a researcher over after publishing them? Or will you follow what will happen next? Is the government already waiting for the technology? About my finding, I, I'm not sure of, about my working here right now because I heard in Indonesia they already changed the roadmap of their research to more to develop the battery research system. So I'm not sure about that right now. But my supervisor said to me that PSD, it's not about uh, what you're mastering at it, but about your attitude. It's more like your software for yourself like how you can conduct an experiment or research in any kind of field not just it stop in your finding right now would you you yourself say that solar and photovoltaic is the right way for indonesia <laughs> <laughs> i don't know maybe it's i don't know it's all right or not but of of course i'm i really want my government to encourage this their policy to to apply the photovoltaic in my country. Yeah, let's see. But I will try my best. Nowadays, it is rather easy in Austria if someone has the money to install solar panels on its on, on one's own roof and become partly self-sufficient of the of the electricity supply, mm -hmm. power plants or the industry. Mm -hmm. Is this what Indonesia aims at or is photovoltaic seen more as a governmental instrument to supply electricity? 
Yeah, actually the same policy is already uh, applied now so we can install our PV system in our rooftop and then we connect it to the grid mm. and we can like uh, have a reduction from the other source from the f- uh, fossil fuel of course but it's not really happening because it's really pricey for the normal people yeah so it's more like the life lifestyle for some people to say it's go green or something but it's like not for the normal people mm-hmm. i found a nice quote on the internet that says i am not a woman in science i am a scientist this was in accordance with donna strickland being the first woman in 55 years who won the nobel prize in physics this year how do you see yourself as a woman in science as a scientist or is this discussion not bothering you at all yeah actually the issue is not bothering <laughs> for me at all because uh yeah actually i was in this field like uh, from the beginning so how I, i call myself like no i have to balance my life so as a scientist and also i'm here with my family i have my husband here my children here and then also uh, my working i have like to give a balanced portion about it but i'm i'm really happy that i can be a part of the scientists Here. Mm-hmm. Have you ever experienced any problems or discrimination or something like that? As being a woman? As being science? a woman. Or as being a Muslim wearing a headscarf? Uh, no, no, that's not a, an issue for me, but only uh, being a woman here. I also really feel that I, I'm supportive here because uh, this is not a problem at all for me to bring my children here. I can go with them at the morning in the kindergarten and then I can pick them up. Uh, at five uh, in the in the evening is not uh, it's really no problem for me and also my supervisor uh, never give me a work after 4 p.m. is really really very supportive and also there is no homework at for the weekend so they never <laughs> he never call me at the weekend it's really different in Indonesia you can work at like every day and you have this is also new for me here like. Uh, when I told him I uh, I want to have a vacation, so in the in the time of the vacation, he will never contact me. It's really really uh, new also for me here. <laughs> Would you say there is such thing as a female science? But that I mean a special angle on science from a female perspective, or is it just hard facts in your field of research or science? I I don't know uh, about uh, this, but in my in my research institute. Uh, There are a lot of women there, and also uh, I heard that uh, the composition of the woman in one proposal it's really really take an attention by the reviewer of the proposal. So uh, this is not an issue if you are a female or you are a woman and you are being scientist. They will have a really really good chance here, and and also I never feel that they have like a different things. You. Yeah, with me so. As I've already mentioned, you're about to accomplish your PhD. What are your plans for the near future? Yeah, for the near future, of course, I have to go back to Indonesia as <laughs> government employer. Yeah, but I will keep in mind, I will have some collaboration in the future with here the research institute in Austria, and on of course Austria will always stay in my heart. And yeah, in the future, of course, I will, I will definitely, I will make the collaboration. Yeah. Would you? like to stay in the field of photovoltaic in your research or is there any other topic where you would say hmm, if I have that, had the time I would have chosen this or that one like I told you before I don't know in the future what the, 
what the policy will wait for me at that time because it's very it's very dynamic of course it will nice if we can stay uh, with our expertise right now in the in the future because we we don't have to learn more about the anything new but i don't know everything in the dream energy is very challenging for me and it's very interesting so i don't mind if i have to study uh, the new thing but still in the field of the renewable energy of course Anis, thank you so much for being here today. Thank this you. Was, this was Anis Mutiari, <laughs> chemical engineer or now material engineer <laughs> from Indonesia, who is currently enrolled in her PhD studies here in Vienna. Thank you for listening to Alumni Audio Lab, a podcast of the OEAD. All former episodes can be found at our website, oead.at slash alumni minus audio lab. Alumni Audio Lab. <laughs>